Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. I'm delighted today to have a, as a guest Frank Mazzola, founding partner of 21 Grams. Welcome, Frank. How are you doing? Rupert, thank you. Doing great. Good to see you, too. Good to see you again. Um, so tell us about your background and your experience working with, with brands. Where are you from? How did you end up in this, this business and, and, uh, and so on? You know? Yeah. So I, I grew up in a town called North Babylon. It's in Long Island. It's a very kind of blue-collar, working-class town. We didn't think much about you know careers in advertising. I wasn't over-aware of it or anything like that, but I was a a writer growing up. <clears throat> it's like playing a sport when people say that you're good at it. You're like, oh, this is interesting. I'm good at good at something. So you take that and, you know, kind of, a, I guess this is a little bit of a tangent. When I was, you know, not to get overly serious in the beginning, but when my mother was pregnant, my father died. So it was very, you know, childhood was very, you know, considered tragic. I was a, a tragedy baby. Didn't feel that way, but it was one of those things where, you had this purpose in the beginning of your life. You were very aware of mortality and things like that. And whatever you did with your life or the way I always felt, it had to have some sort of lasting impression. So I wanted to do something meaningful. And at the time, I thought I was going to be a, a writer, like a novelist or something like that. Again, I wasn't super aware of advertising. Went through life, went into college, still was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um got a sales job just to kind of carry me over and it happened to be in medical sales. And one of the things that, that happened while I was in that was there was something at the company that would send anything to your territory that you wanted to make. Um, and it would be flyers and things like that. So I ended up learning programs, doing advertising kind of for myself and it worked. And instead of going door to door or going in person, I would sit in my apartment, people would call me and orders and things like that. And uh, I felt like I was I was getting good at that and started getting a, a book together and understanding what advertising was. I did a bunch of spec ads. And eventually, I just went on my first interview, which happened to be at FCB Health. I wasn't thinking health or any kind of advertising. I was just happy to be in a business. Um, and then the kind of the career went off from there. So was in healthcare advertising for a little while. The first six months, you're just kind of learning the trade. And I remember my mom asking to see what I was working on. And I was like, that's not very good. I was, I was kind of embarrassed of it. It's what you would think healthcare advertising is. And I think from that point on, I sort of decided that if I'm going to do this as a career and invest that much time, I'm going to work on things that I'm, I'm proud of. And I'm going to force the things that I work on, the people around me to get to a, a different place with what this industry could be. And then again, I wasn't a job hopper, but I went to this place called GSW and then ended up at McCann Health, where I became the ECD, got an opportunity to start an agency and thought, you know, what, what if you can start an agency that would have all of, you know, take away all the things that you didn't think worked from advertising, add all the things that you thought would work better. And ultimately, we, we started 21 Grams from, from there. Wonderful. Why is it called 21 grams? I've never asked. I just have to get it. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. So <clears throat> in, uh, it is a history to it. So in, in 1907, there was a, 
a study that this doctor decided to do to prove the existence of a, of a soul. So he thought the best way that he could do that was to show that it had some mass. So he weighed people right before and right after death, thought of every possible measure you could think of, liquids, gases, all of these different things. And there was this phenomenon that he noticed that there was an average of 21 grams that couldn't be accounted for. And culturally, it became kind of synonymous with the, uh, the weight of the soul, people called it. So for us, we thought, you know, there's 21 grams of somebody that we can affect with the work that we do. That's what we're, we're trying to focus on. Um, the thing that's going to move people and inspire them and motivate them. It's good. I mean, soul is obviously emotional and, and spiritual and, and so on. So it's a good, good, good name. Um, do you think health wellness is the most creatively interesting category in advertising? Absolutely. Um, and a lot of it comes back to purpose. You know, I think, if we were working on Doritos and there's a new flavor of Doritos that comes out and I do the greatest work I could possibly think of. And it does the, the work goes on to do amazing things. The only impact of my work is that it gets somebody to try a new flavor of Doritos and maybe they love that flavor. And that's, that's great in health. <clears throat> if my work is great, if I make somebody interested in something, if that breaks through, then the impact of that is they're going to know about something that's going to impact their health. They're going to be educated about something that they may not have been interested in. And it's going to impact their life in a way that, that other forms of advertising, you know, and plus, if you think about the stories that health has, it's already built in. It's, it's life and death, it's sickness and health, it's heartache, it's redemption, all of these things that if you're working on any other category, you're, you're looking for those stories. You have to find them and really pull them out. In health, they're right in front of you. You just have to understand how to use them in the right way and to really appreciate and, and go with them. Um, so it really is more of a, yeah, the deep purpose behind it. And it's life and death, and you're absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> if, you're, you know, if you're doing some sort of marketing for processed food, ultimately all you're doing is making people fat, which is probably not great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And health care can be the, the, you know, the, a force for good. Which brings me on to the next question. Healthcare comes with a, a mixed reputation. It has the opportunity for innovation and life-saving care, while also fighting the big pharma image. What are the unique strengths and challenges that come with exploring brand purpose in healthcare? Yeah, I think it comes down to value. So the thing that people have the biggest issue with in health, and rightfully so in a lot of cases, is, is the cost. And in our business, we can't do anything about the cost, no matter what I do, I really can't fix that problem. But what you can do is say, we're not just going to sell a medicine. A medicine does what it needs to do. But what about all the things that are around it that are going to help somebody live better and still get to the same goal and strategy of that medicine? And that's value. It's what, what is the value that we're creating that's going to allow somebody to, to live a better life? And then any medication, you think it's a billion to one shot that that medicine is even discovered. And when that's discovered, it has a built-in purpose. It was made to do something that's ultimately going to help somebody in their life, maybe even save a life. And what happens in health a lot of times is that brands forget that, you know, so they think, all right, so we have this drug, we have these percentages, we have all of this data, and that's what people need to know. And that's, and that's it. We're either going to sell it or not and meet our numbers or not. The way I would always look at it is what's the value behind that? Remember the purpose of the medicine, not just selling it because when there's purpose behind something, 
your results are always going to be better. People are going to understand that it comes from a good place. They're going to appreciate it more. Um, and it's not just going to be something that they have to take. It's going to be something that provides some sort of value in their life. And there can be entertainment and joy with that. You know, there can be education and how that's delivered. Um, it could be technology that helps me do something that would have otherwise been been hard. And I think that's a lot of what's interesting about health too, is it's advertising is very, in, in all categories, it used to be headline, image, and an ad. And that's what you, that's what you made. And now advertising is anything you could, it could be a musical that educates people. It could be, you know, your world, it could be a documentary. Yeah. I love documentaries. I want to watch those. Nobody's making me do it. And when I watch it, I remember it and I've gotten something out of that, you know, that I couldn't have gotten out of an ad. Um, so all of those things really go into the value of what a brand is versus just the medicine. Great. And, and also it's the strategic decisions versus tactical, right? I mean, a strategic de de decision for a, a huge, you know, uh, medical brand is to, you know, to fight heart, you know, the heart issues or cancer or what have you. Mm -hmm. And then the tactical side is they may have a drug to help solve that, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of your world, right? It's the big picture. And then, yeah specifically what that thing that they've created can help with if it can, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like healthcare has become more politically divisive and they're more difficult to market since the COVID-19 pandemic? Obviously, vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers, that was happening before the pandemic, but that, you know, that was, uh, you know, comparatively <laughs> not as extreme <laughs> Yeah. the last couple of years. So what are your thoughts on that? I feel like everything is politically divisive, you know, in, in the world that we live in today. And what helped with the COVID-19 pandemic and, and healthcare's role in that is, you know, I look at it as the thing that I work on saved the world in, in some way. It got people back to life in some way if it weren't for the vaccinations, whether you took them yourself or believe in it or not, had that not happened, you know, maybe we're still wearing masks all the time. We can't do the things that we want to do. You can't go to a restaurant. Um, so people are always going to have feelings about medicine because it is it is charged because of all the reasons of are you trying to push more medicine that I don't need and all of those things. But um, what, it, what I think that it, it helped do was show that its purpose in the world that when you need it, you you love it if you appreciate it. So so even if you think, you know, not everybody's for vaccination, but if you have a heart issue um, and you need medicine for it and you're going to live or die based on that, you're so thankful that that medicine exists and that that happened for you. Or if that medicine doesn't exist, why doesn't that exist? And then you start appreciating it more. It's a weird dynamic in health of you appreciate it when you need it. When you don't, you kind of look at it and you say, oh, this industry is big and terrible and all of these things. But when it saves somebody, your, your wife or your husband or your partner of any kind, kids, that's when you really start seeing the value in it and um, being thankful for it. So um, what do you think the benefits are of working with an agency compared to in-house teams of brands? Obviously, you know, this, this whole... You know, the issue has gone backwards and forwards and people open up a huge, you know, in-house thing and then they close it. I think, you know, Intel had a huge team of like, I don't know, two or 300 people, then they closed it and then, you know, uh, and then there never seems to be quite much balance on it. You kind of need maybe a small team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, companies look at it and they think it makes 
it makes sense at first, but I mean, there's a couple of ways to think about it. One, it's kind of like an, an agency advertising for itself. How many agencies are good at that? You're, you're too close to it. It's too hard um, to separate yourself from it. You need that third party perspective that's going to call your bluff and do the things that you can't do when you're too close to it. And then there, there's also sort of the the restaurant perspective. So there's just been this kind of restaurant analogy that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, not exactly like this, but just how that business relates to our business. But, you know, you can cook food at home and people do all the time and you can make your food and stuff like that. But you have to go out to have a special experience. Um, you know, more more often than not, you're going to these places and restaurants to try things that you couldn't do by yourself. And that to me is is the value of an agency versus in-house because in, in-house is going to give you the things that you need. The agency is going to give you things that you never expected. There's that restaurant Noma, which, uh, you know, it's in Denmark and I wasn't thinking about it a lot until they announced that it was going to close. And I think there's different reasons for why it was going to close. But you think, how can this restaurant be the best restaurant in the world? You know, five times it was basically best restaurant in the world. And it's because you go to this place and you go for food that you never would have had. You sit down at the table and, you know, you're waiting for your next meal and they tell you, actually, your next meal is already there. That plan on the table is actually edible. You can eat that. And that's delicious. And then the service is amazing and the experience is great and it becomes this unforgettable thing. And if you think about what an agency is, that's that's really what an agency is supposed to deliver, that great experience that you never expected to have. And an in-house you know, studio can't really give that to you. It can give you your block and tackle pieces, but you're not going to be too surprised or you'll be surprised in the wrong way. We all know about the Pepsi right. kind of in-house. Um, yeah, the background. Yeah. And, and that's a good point because you guys, I mean, <laughs> you know, elite restaurants like Noma, part of the reason why they close is they're just just the number of hours they have to put in to, to, to be that exceptional. And I mean, and I think that's the challenge with agencies, right, these days, because everyone used to be, you know, agency of record with whoever it was. And now you guys have to pitch probably 10 times what you had to pitch 10 years ago, I would say. So I, I have a lot, of, a lot of agency friends. And it, it must be challenging because you're constantly having to pitch. Uh, um, and that's a lot of your work, right? Well, there, I, I think there's a practical side to it where you have to know that everything you work on is not going to be great. Like there's a time and a place for everything. Um, yeah. At 21 grams, you call it. And it, it might be corny, but it's it's easy to, it's an easy way to think about the work. It's horses, zebras, unicorns, horses. You have to get the sales materials out. You don't want that to go a ton of rounds. It's never going to be that special thing. Zebra is you take one of those briefs and you say, there's something more here. We're going to turn this into a documentary. It shouldn't be a flashcard or something. It's a bigger, there's a bigger idea here. And then the unicorns of those things, you're never going to get a brief for, but you're going to hear a problem or a challenge. And you're going to say, I have an idea that I've never seen in advertising or I've never seen it in health. And this has to get made and it fits the strategy for your brand. But if you tried to make everything great, then yeah, it would be kind of like a Noma situation. It's just not practical to do everything in that way, but, but you need a balance. You have to do great things. Right. I mean, that, that makes complete sense. And I think it's smart that you guys sort of divide it up a bit. So, um, so what are some of the benefits and challenges of, of brands working with, with more traditional, you know, long format media to make content? You obviously 
the ad world is long form is three minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, how do, how do we get agencies and brands to embrace the notion of things which are a lot longer, or, you know, particularly around social issues and stuff? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think we should all make less ads right. um, and make more of what our audience wants to engage in. So <clears throat> I think one of the things that gets lost a lot, you know, a lot of the time is who who is your audience really? What are they interested in? What kind of media do they engage in on a regular basis? What do they look forward to? Advertising is an interruption. So a three-minute interruption is forever. I just want to get back to the thing that I was enjoying and you're interrupting it. And, and maybe it'll be great and I'll enjoy that interruption. But when you think about what advertising could be when you get into that longer form, that's getting somebody to engage in something that they already love. And you may, you may already have data and things that suggest this audience is already, they're documentary watchers. They watch documentaries, they engage in that type of media. And you just made something that they love that they'll maybe look for versus feel like they're forced to get through or just be like, I'm not going to watch this whole thing. I'm going to look at the million things I could look at on my phone. Absolutely. I mean, that's true. I mean, what the audience is interested in has to be the hero because you can't make anyone watch anything these days, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's virtually impossible. You know. Um, so is there a real way to measure the effect of brand purpose? I mean, we, I'm always curious about your thoughts on brand purpose. How do you, how do you define brand purpose? I define its purpose as its reason to exist. You know, everything needs a reason to exist. I feel like it's people, things, advertise, you know, brands, all of that. And if a brand doesn't have a reason to exist, it's lost. Um, and you're just selling something and people are, you know, taking it or buying it because they have no other choice, but there's no real emotional reason behind it. It's not something that like Nike is a great example of that. Nike is a purpose brand. You can get a sneaker anywhere and it's not even like you know people are connected to that brand it's not even like nike for some people that's going to be the best sneaker for them but they say i'm invested in your purpose i i feel like i'm a part of it when i wear them and that makes me feel better about myself and just a purposeless anything is is you lose its usefulness so i think for brands it's hard to say what the exact measurement is because you could do I think they use the call me to use or, or something like that. You can, you can measure brand purpose on the way that your audience feels about the brand overall. That's true. Yeah. I still think that if you, if a brand doesn't have purpose, it does what you expect. If a brand has purpose, you're going to do things that, you know, might not pay off tomorrow in a sale, but it's going to pay off over time and it's going to get your audience to connect with it. And ultimately that brand is going to be bigger than, what you expected it to be or what it should be because you put that purpose behind it and you took the time to give it a reason for being. And it kind of even gets back to, I mean, purpose can come in a lot of forms. There's even the, the social purpose of it of, you know, what does your brand believe in? Does it feel like I'm getting sold to all, all the time? Or does it feel like you're trying to get to a goal that ultimately um, my ideals align with? You know, we, we talk about like a, a lot about things like diversity, but diversity is an action. It's not necessarily just an intention. Are the brands that, you know, we're consuming or, you know, asking to, you, you know, for people's attention on, does that line up with the things that we want to see more in the world? Um, and are they actually doing it or are they just saying it? 
Absolutely. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good question to ask. Is, you know, every major pharma brand now and healthcare brand, however you want to call them, they have a major initiative, whether it's, you know, we the mental health or heart disease or cancer or HIV or diabetes or whatever you, how do you, how do you get through that? Yeah, I mean, everyone is is kind of you know, competing for a, a viewer's attention. How do we how do we deal with that? You know, because all, all of these issues are very important, mm-hmm. and it's almost like uh, you know which one. I guess the, the one that rises to the top is the one that you're most affected by. I guess you know how do how do we how do we engage the audience? I think for us, it's I don't say anything is easy, but it's it's somewhat easy in health because you have. It's so far behind in some ways that if you're a bit progressive, if you understand how to make um, an issue stand out a little bit more, if you're able to put the purpose behind it, and like I said, not just talk about what you want something to be, but show show an action behind it, surprise people, make people think, I've never quite thought of it in that way. You're telling me something that I don't know versus telling me the things that I know um, it's not superficial. The thing that you say, I, f- I forget what the the term for it's called, but when people kind of want to be liked just because they're saying something, but not necessarily following through on it. Well, it's lip service, right? I mean, yeah, it's basically lips, yeah, lip service. So there has to be the follow through um, and you have to find the right audience. Like the, every audience is not going to care about everything, but Data and the things that we know these days, it's easier to target the people who are going to care, not to be invasive, but just get to the right, the right audience. So wonderful. So what do you see as the next chapter for, for yourself and 21 grams and, and, uh, and so on? I think the next chapter, um, honestly, is something I feel like I've always been passionate about, the agency's always been passionate about, is that there are a lot of elements of health that are broken. Um, there's 8 billion people in the world. We're all going to need some sort of interaction with the healthcare system at some point where we're creating for ourselves. Um, and I want our agency and other agencies to put ourselves in the shoes of the audience and respect them enough to serve up things or create things that we feel like they need, that they're going to be interested in um, and not create more more trash for the world. Like advertising, you can make a lot of it, but a lot of it is garbage. Um, and the trick is to make less garbage and more meaningful things and respect, you know, the people you're trying to communicate to. So I look at, you know, 21 grams in some ways as a change maker. We don't want to win the most awards. We want to be the most influential. And if people copy what we're doing, cause we're doing a good thing. Great you know, looking to make the whole industry better. So I think the future is not just talking about health as kind of the next most interesting category, but really making it that category that everybody pays attention to and says, this is important and the work is great. And what you're doing, you know, makes sense for you're making the world a little bit better or people a little bit better. Um, You're adding something of value. Right. That makes complete sense. So, so thank you, Frank. Thank you very, very much for joining our podcast today. We really appreciate it. And you've been great. And had a lot of uh, interesting thoughts, which were great that you shared with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rupert. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the Purpose and Sponsored Entertainment space at www.sevilleproductions.com.